All right, welcome to Toxic Podcast, everyone. I'm Alejandro Collini. Uh, hey, I'm in a good mood this time. It is just that simple. The sheer inconsistency of the of the human mind. Wow. Have you guys read uh, that book by Plato? No one's read that book by Plato. I don't even want to. I don't even want to get into this. I'm so angry about it. <laughs> Ugh. Maybe instead of doing comedy, I'll just teach a humanities class at the Footlight. <laughs> the third Thursday of every month, I'm teaching a humanities class. Oh, you you guys are gonna hate that syllabus. But uh, yeah, so. <laughs> This is my podcast. I host it alone. I uh, wouldn't wish it on anyone else where I consume and process toxic media. To- I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself. Toxic media is a genre that I invented myself. It's any form of content that regardless of quality is genuinely emotionally exhausting or taxing to consume. No, I must have said that already. Okay, wait, hang on. So where where were we? Um, obviously, yeah, sorry about last week. Um, very yelly, a lot of swearing, very angry episode. I do believe also people talk about the, you know, people, the the phrase cry for help. I do believe at one point during last week's episode, I literally yelled, save me. So, you know, I apologize for that. You don't have to save me. Uh, a a podcast is a one-way street of labor. (laughs) Wow, Jack Allison would hate to hear me say that. I should never, I'm sorry, I apologize. Just let me apologize in spirit to Jack Allison and Seth Simons. Uh, two people who are not listening to this podcast, but, but I'd love if they did, because I think they'd really love to hear my thoughts on True Blood. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, so sorry, I'm sorry about, I also like, I don't think I fully explained Age of Extinction because I myself don't understand Age of Extinction. I also, um, I don't know, whatever, let's, I, I just like, it feels so good to talk about True Blood. Maybe I should just host I was saying this the the other day, and, and Rylan said, probably not, uh, that maybe I should just host a True Blood podcast. Really, what I should host is a Criminal Minds podcast. Guys, I've been... Uh, see, the thing the thing about today, this episode, I don't have any notes. I don't really have any, like, characters on the docket. I could do some characters. I'm a master of improv. Uh... <laughs> Oh my god, did I tell you guys that I'm officially employed as a comedy instructor? I don't have a class set up or anything, but uh <laughs> uh things I mean it's been 2019. Now that I'm in a good mood, maybe I could tell you like 2019, what a what a cr- what a grand year it's been. A year that has opened like a f- flower filled with poop. <laughs> um but uh yeah, certainly oh god, we never really talked about Grindelwald the way I wanted to. But um Certainly, what, what has happened since I last saw you? Oh my god, I finished all the, all of Star Trek. I've seen all of Star Trek now. I've watched all of Enterprise. I watched all of Enterprise in like 11 days. That's the other thing, is things have been, you know, things have been weird. But uh, yeah, I watched the entirety of the series Enterprise in 11 days. I watched much of it on double speed. I, it's like one of those experiences, like when I was like, what was it, 21 years old. Oh, this is depressing. God, this is depressing. When I was, like, 20 years old, I, like, had somehow, like, the... Well, no, I know. I had the privilege and the resources through my parents that I was able to take, like, a solo weekend vacation, like, in college. You know, I went to college in Portland, Oregon. I attended Reed College. I'm not going to be... I'm not going to be coy about that being my alma mater. I'm a Reed man. (laughs) 
<laughs> I own a I own a, a vest. <laughs> oh god. Ugh. Excuse me. I apologize. Um but I yeah, I went from Portland to Vancouver. Like I took a bus up there and I stayed in a in a in a Best Western hotel alone and like it was like back when I I don't know, it was like back when I like didn't have like a very bad drinking problem so I could like oh god I just like had had some lovely gin and waters in my room and I listened to Destroyer because Destroyer is from is from that area um is uh oh my god I'm I'm so, I'm getting so astray but like no no you, you know what let's get astray why not let's uh let's wander around it's the True Blood episode it's this is very fitting <laughs> but uh yeah I mean like I took like a very long walk and over the course of, what was it, spring break? Oh, that's so funny that this is what I did with my spring break. I can't believe. I, I literally, I like, I went to the city where my the guy from my favorite band lived. And I read all of War and Peace really, really fast. <laughs> I, like, I brought War and Peace with me. I, re- I read, like, I averaged, like, 130 pages a day. God, that is such a... And it's one of those experiences I don't really know if I could read War and Peace again because of the way that I, like, put it into myself. Um, but, like, the experience that I had reading it, like, I read War and Peace on a Vancouver beach in in the cold. I read War and Peace on, like, a college campus of a college I didn't go to. I read War and Peace. Like, I got lost and read War and Peace. Oh, God, what a, what a life I've led. Ha, <laughs> ha. Here at the end of my life, as I look back, I'm sorry. All right. Um, But what was I? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is what I was saying is um, watching Enterprise in 11 days while never leaving the house in early March and like uh, just like fully armoring myself from like everything else that I'm going through by by simply housing a sci-fi television show as though it be, you know, a double-sized bottle of wine. That's really an experience. Oh, incredible, incredible. Um, Oh, last week uh, I had six months uh, sober from alcohol. Obviously, I deserve many pats on the back for that. Um, uh, True Blood, show about vampires in the... Bontan, in Bontan, Louisiana. Um, God, so I haven't, oh God, season two of True Blood. So here's, here's where I'm at right now. We watched True Blood, uh, Ryland and I, and also Dave, uh, <laughs> but not, <laughs> you know, I mean, Dave hasn't been as happy about it as Ryland and I have, uh, and now there's only one more episode. I haven't seen the last episode of True Blood. I thought it would be fitting to record this episode having not seen the the finale. What's going on with me? What is going on? I think I genuinely... Sometimes, I don't know, I'm a little bit worried. Because, like, six months is not the longest period of time to go, like, without alcohol. And, like, what if this is what I'm like? Like, what if I suck? What if I'm, like, a lame guy? I, what if I'm fun Bobby? I think all the time about that. I'm, I, I just, cause I feel so much that like my life, I, I don't even really want to, oh God, if you guys have seen the fun Bobby episode of friends, it's just like, it's terrifying. I don't know. Let's, let's not who, I, I don't want to watch friends anymore. I've, I've watched enough friends. Let's, so I think I'm, am I being, am I being at this point, am I like purposefully distancing myself from true love because I don't want to jump in? Let's do it. So we're in Bonton. 
it's season two. Am I just going to like get into the narrative? This is what I always ask myself at this point. And then I always say this, but then I never remember what like, I wish I could solve some of these problems. Maybe I should. <laughs> uh, very, very good bit, Alejandro, in your head. Um, so True Blood is a show about vampires. <laughs> What's well, a show? Anna Paquin. Oh, my God. The fact that there's there's like seven. So there's seven seasons of this show. And it's, first of all, let's just say, first of all, it's not fun. It's really not fun. It's a show about vampires, it stars a psychic waitress, and it's not fun, and it, like, sort of gets, certainly, like, it, you know, like, in, in the in the last True Blood episode, I kind of spotlighted that scene about the pie, where she, like, eats the pie, and, like, the sort of True Blood season one has this idea that it's going to be, like, prestige TV. True Blood season two, like, fully graduates from that, and is just, like, I mean, it's disgusting. Like season two, season two already becomes so, so difficult to watch. And this is like, there's like certainly having the experience of being around other people so that like when you're watching the show, when something horrifying, you know, when, when vampires get stabbed on this show, they like explode like they're in like a fucking gushers or like a like you know those silver guys in the capri sun commercial like the vampires turn into this shiny viscous red cgi blood and the blood does whatever like it honestly does whatever is most disgusting for that moment like sometimes a guy will stake a vampire and like all the blood like goes into his mouth oh my god and then some and sometimes a va- like sometimes a vampire will like completely soak an individual Ugh, jesus and then because it's an hbo show like the beginning and end of every, the end of every show has to be like <laughs> The end of every episode of True Blood, I don't remember if it's like this from the beginning, but eventually, and I guess this, like, is this what all HBO shows are like? Is this what you're, is this what the Thrones are like? I don't even want to talk about the Thrones, frankly. Like, because, I mean, I I, I, I just think I'm bad at, I, I think I'm bad at being mature about things that I don't participate in, and like... I'm sure that show, I'm sure that like that show is exactly as, is, and I'm the guy who watched Enterprise in 11 days. What am I going to be snarky about Game of Thrones? Fucking, you know, Jesus Christ, throw me off a rock. I assume that's what happens in Game of Thrones. Um, but the end of every episode of True Blood has to, it's kind of like, everyone's like, okay, so this is the end of an episode of television. And then like somebody walks in like holding like a big, like a werewolf skeleton and it's like, quick, this werewolf needs some dick. And everyone's like, what? And then it plays a song. And those are the, and like, that's the, like, it, like every, every episode. It's just like, it's just like, what? That's the end of the episode. And oh God, it's so frustrating. So let me just see this was, and this actually, I'm really frustrated that I did this, that I lo- I always, I always want to say this. And I th- always, oh, I always want to say that, like I loaded myself a barrel of podcast and then I'm like, stop using that that phrasing, but I, but that's my, I I loaded myself a big old fat barrel of podcast just like last week where I, where I thought I could explain the, the, and what I don't even, I don't want to, a bad episode of podcasting. Thank you so much for listening to it. But, um, this one's going to be great. Uh, (laughs) but I'm worried because like, once again, I've got like seven seasons to cover and I don't, I I don't want to burn myself out because everything deserves like, it all deserves to be talked about. 
None of it deserves to get away with... Like, it can't get away with any of this garbage. Where do we even begin? Like... So, season two, the villain... You know what? Yeah. This is how I... I guess... Yeah, I, like let's let's just you're you're me. This is I consume and process toxic media. This is how I see the world. You're experiencing life through through my eyes. Last week I was very angry. This week I'm uh I don't know. Fine. I have water this week. Which thank God. But um see I visualize seasons of of this sort of television and this was very wrong of me in retrospect this was a mistake this was fully a mistake on the part of uh the king the king of new york alejandro Colini, the vampire king of new york (laughs) alejandro Colini. but like i always try to think of like it's like who was the big bad of each season and in the first two and like three and Four? Who's the big bad of four? What happens in four? Oh, God. Four is... What seasons of this show are good? I guess season three is kind of good because it's... Yeah, see, this is this is like... This can't be good podcasting. It's just... Because if you haven't listened... If you haven't watched True Blood, you're just hearing me list numbers now. Let's... So... So, so I, I tried to think of every season as like having a big bad. And that's like... That's patently absurd. Um... Because although the big bad of season one of True Blood is the the vampire hate crime serial killer, season two... Okay, so season two's big bad... Oh, wow, I sort of... I even forgot that, like, season two has all that, like, village of the... uh, What are they called? The Society of the Sun? The, like... The the Christian vampire hate camp where we first meet Steve and Sarah Newland. Um, And then uh, there's also the Maynid. What's her name? Marianne or like Vivian. And there's Eggs and and Tara. That's that awful story. Like, how how am I going to open? How am I going to do this? (sighs) So the big bad of season two is the Maynid. (laughs) And it's like, what's what's a Maynid? So the a Maynid is like sort of like a she's like a like a lesser emissary of Dionysus, I guess. She's like a wayward, like if Dionysus, Dionysus, the god of sort of, uh, I don't know. It always frustrates me to to talk about Dionysus because people, like people on TV, like you're always on TV shows. It's always like Dionysus, right? Yep. The god of wine and sex. But like, yeah, sure, sure. Dionysus, the god of like hedonistic, whatever. He's he's got uh, all his all his deal. But like, this is like an evil sort of like if Dionysus had apostles, the way that Jesus does. The the Maenad is one of the apostles, and the Maenad is like on a constant, like an unstoppable uh, uh, quest. Like it's a it's a it's a quest to get everyone to party. But, like, the Maynard is sort of, like, a chaotic evil figure. So, like, the parties, like, the the, the Maynard comes to town and everyone starts, like, their pupils dilate. And they all have these, like, fu- like fuck parties where they, they all get, like, super drunk and they're all, like, fucking. The guy who played Dr. Phlox in Enterprise, like, really just does a lot of fucking during this period of time. But, like, the... Like the, the, the suddenly, like everyone also like turns violent in these in these scenarios. So like the Maynard's like she's like taking over town. So like when someone like stands in her way, like eggs, 
who is also the guy who plays Jimmy Olsen on Supergirl. I don't know why, I, I, but like Eggs is sort of like a Eggs was like a wayward youth. Oh God, he was like a like he sort of he he didn't have anywhere to go, so he he uh, took up with Marianne, and she like you know like. God, it's oh my God, it's it's such a nightmare of a plot line, but um, she's like made him into her like murderer. He's like he's like the murdering second. He's like the guy with the knife who's like cutting out all the ceremonial hearts. And like Tara, who Tara at the end of season one uh, has become like very disillusioned, and she's like gotten arrested for drunk driving, and her mother, who is now sober disowns her sort of and is like listen like maybe you should have disowned me like i you can't come home so then marianne who's this like beautiful like random sort of uh like bouncy uh like uh you know 35 to 40 year old uh like white lady in like a sundress who's like she's just like you know she's 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 in control of everything and she like shows up and sort of like takes tara home and like sets her up and now she and eggs like live in this like mansion but it's like eventually it becomes clear that it's not her house and so sookie who has gone sookie's gone to dallas in season two god i don't even see 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 how am i am i going to summarize the season in season two sookie and eric and bill see the vamp everything like splits up on this show all the characters it's, it's already too split up but like all the characters just like go to different places and they all do things that are not fun it's a show about vampires it's a show about werewolves there's a maenad in but like why did you pick a fucking maenad like i'm sorry i'm trying not to swear as much in this episode but like so when you I, I'm, this is not, and this is me, I'm Alejandro Kalini. My name is Alejandro Kalini. I'm the showrunner of True Blood. Here I am, standing at a whiteboard, and at the top of the whiteboard, it says, Cool Monsters, because I run True Blood, and, uh, well, I guess, I guess season two, uh, I'd have to look this up, is like, obviously... <laughs> obviously true blood is based on the southern vampire novels the sookie stackhouse novels and the you know season two of true blood is based on dead in dallas the second sookie stackhouse book in which sookie and eric and bill go to dallas to in search of godric the you know 2000 year old vampire eric's maker who has been kidnapped um what else happens in season two? Oh, Jess, Jess and Hoyt start dating in season two, probably. Oh God, are we going to have to talk about, I, like, I don't even, I like, I don't have the emotional energy to talk about Jess and Hoyt, but we may have to. I don't have, are we going to have to talk about that fucking dog fighting season where Sam Merlot has a brother and he, he like goes to find like, I guess maybe his biological, like, are they his biological, like, what are the rules of shifters? I don't know. Is shifter a derogatory? No, because he, he refers to himself as shift, but maybe, uh, God, see, I, wow, I really have become like, <laughs> I have a, I have a paranoid fear that since, <laughs> am I going to tell you guys this? I have a paranoid fear that like since I've quit quit drinking I've become like less woke that like sometimes I hear things come out of my mouth and I'm like once they're in the air I'm like whoa 
I don't like that I represented myself that way or like I'm not sure that's the way I want to be thinking or speaking like I'm I, I I'm you know like I don't know if my footprint like you guys may not even hear what I just said or almost said that everything that I say is in the wind it's like a piano recital it's uh it's like a piano recital I was teaching a child how to be a comedian and I told them it was like a piano recital cuz cuz they never mind I don't want to I'm like oh god I can't believe I was just almost mean to a child it's incredible when it's incredible when children do stand up comedy. The sad thing is because the sad thing is becoming never mind. It's when you become an adult and you were a child and you have to figure out your new identity. Those were a rough few years. <laughs> the last 9 years. Um where where were we? So there's a mainid. Oh, there's a mainid in Bontom. Um but that's so Maybe the main it comes from the books. Maybe the main it comes from the books. But what I'm, all I'm saying, all that I, humble Kalini, am saying is that I run a show. I'm a showrunner for a show called True Blood. I have a whiteboard, and at the, the top of the whiteboard, it says cool monsters. And Maynid is not near the top of my list that I'm writing. Do you want me to make a list of cool monsters? Would, like, would it be helpful? Like, Frankensteins. Oh, we can't do Frankensteins. Of course you can. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde's. I'm already, that's already what, like, so wood wood nymphs sprites uh river river demons i don't even know if river uh, goblins there i don't i can't even think of a goblin you know there's fairies there's quite a few fairies and there's like a lot of like stuff about like how delicious their blood is and then there's like a baby fairy that turned into a uh, the baby fairy turns into a teenager and now the baby fairy teenager is dating a teenager like, they're just, like, both, they look 17, but she's, like, a, a, what, I don't know what the rules are. I also, like, no one has any moral, there's no, there's no clear, like, if they're, the moral compass of this show is just spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. And people call me a stickler for morality. Maybe I am. Maybe I've got a big old belt buckle. Maybe I wear a big black hat. Maybe I've burned an A into my chest because I deserve it. Fine. But that's, but that's my business. And I don't understand how, how a character on this show can eat three fairy children and, and no one talks about it for like, like two episodes later, everyone's like, hey, hey, Andy Bellafleur, come on. Come on. Don't be so mean to Jess. Yes, she ate three of your fairy children, but let's be honest. They were delicious. She couldn't resist. There's people sit this guy down and are like, come on. She couldn't help herself. Your kids were so fucking delicious. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. So what all I'm saying is that the, the this show, yeah, that's my that's my big thing with this show. Is that there's two, there's two, is this what I'm getting at? Yeah. That's, that's, I'm, I'm building a great ship, a, a great, beautiful ship, a podcasting ship. You can, you'll see it at, at the end. We'll both look up at the ship. Maybe the ship will be the first ship capable of warp five. I got faith of the heart. Oh God. Maybe this is an enterprise podcast. Do you guys want to talk about, I, I won't do that to you. I won't. Um, God, we do have to talk about criminal minds. One of these days, days though. Uh, so the Maynard, sh- shitty villain, shitty villain, the Maynard comes to town and, like, makes everyone party, but then, like, the Maynard is also, like, making everyone, like, there's this awful, uh, it, it, like, uh, and, and it's obviously, like, incredibly difficult to watch, and it is, like, 
Tara, oh God, Tara, Tara and, and Lafayette on this show, like the, the show mercifully at a certain point just decides that Lafayette like isn't like, they're like, we don't really care about giving Lafayette plot lines, but like Tara on this show is just like shunted from magical abuse situation to like magical abuse situation undergoes such horrible tortures in every season there's one in season three she just spends like a whole season like in a in a in a mansion being like assaulted by a vampire who like there's like barely anything magical happening in that season. He's just like an abusive boyfriend. Like he's just like, I love you so much. If you left me, I'd kill you. And she like tries to run away. And then he like brings her back and he's like, why'd you leave me? And she, yeah, I'm going to eat you now. And she, like, I, like what even happens to that? I guess eventually someone kills that vampire, but like the, uh, you know, uh, Ryland who did Ryland did more research than I did. That's not even in the books. They just did that on the show to like th- that vampire. Oh God. Like, why, why does Tara have to suffer so, so, so much in season two, in the mainted season, they give her this boyfriend, Eggs, who she, like, I guess, like, that's, I'm sorry if you can hear, I'm sorry, the, 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 the character of Eggs is, I guess, her, like, sort of one true, I mean, like, obviously, they, it, later on, they're like, oh, yeah, this character, it, is she gay at the end, or is she bi? I, I, I do remember reading an article that said it was just the article was titled the LGBTQ community deserves better than Tara. Um, but like at the half, there's a point of the season where Sookie goes into fairy world and she comes back and now Tara's dating a woman and only dates women until her death in her mother's arms in her until her disgusting death in her mother's arms where she's ugh, like, so season two, they finally give Tara, like, a boyfriend who she, like, loves a lot. And then the, the like, Marianne character constantly, like, anytime they all, like, get drunk and hang out together for fun, she, like, makes Tara's boyfriend, like, hit her really hard. And you, the viewer, are forced to watch those entire scenes. You know, like, these shows are they can they can be rated r there's a whole bunch of you know there's lots of exposed uh there's full there's front frontal female nudity in this what what am i doing what am i doing i i i was like i almost i almost said uh boobs and then i was like you can't say boobs don't and and uh, that's and that's what i landed on <laughs> but yeah there's boobs there's um there's there's like small amounts of dick. There's um, uh, there's th- like you know there's there's lots of butt. There's I guess vagina. I like I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, you know I mean you don't. Hey. <laughs> oh, the human body. I love it so. Uh, <laughs> but um, you know there's tons of. Oh my god! I could have said nudity. I could have said nudity, damn it. But uh, yeah, I mean, you get to see you get to see Anna Paquin's body, you get to see Jason's body, you get to see the rapidly aging Stephen Moyer's body. Oh man, Stephen Moyer, who at the end of this show got like, you know, and I'm like, I don't want to, I'm not going to be mean. Like Steve, you get old. It's just like it's a show about sexy vampires, and no one's supposed to get old. And like some of these vampires get old. 
And uh, Eric, certainly Eric Northman does not get old. The, the great Swede vampire um, who like really is like Eric Northman is the hinge upon which this show turns. Like in addition, and I guess Jason is kind of like this too, but with Jason, I don't know. Jason, so Sookie's brother, Jason, the like idiot, the like fuck idiot of the show is like sort of fun to watch, but like really, oh God, I'm, I'm, I'm also, I'm, I, I just want to make sure that I'm organizing my thoughts because the main, it, well, the main it eventually, do you want me to, do you want me to just sort of, I'll, I'll speed it up a little bit. Sam Merlot, who is a shifter and in the second season sort of like meets his family while eggs is just, is like punching Tara in the face and, and like Sookie is in Dallas. I don't even like what happens in Dallas. She just like meets the Dallas vampires and they like they rescue Godric from an evil plan. Oh, does it they all does it all kind of come full circle cuz like Jason goes to like vampire hate camp and then at the end it turns out that Steve and Sarah Newland who are the like sexy Christian leaders of the vampire hate camp that they also run like a vampire hatred terror cell and that they have abducted Godric. He's in the basement. They're going to make him meet the sun. Suki shows up and they all, it's like a wacky Sarah and Jason, obviously, fuck in a, in a church. And then uh, <clears throat> Steve, like they sort of, the, everything is thwarted. Jason kind of comes out of his vampire hating fervor. Obviously, he was like sort of traumatized last year when he was addicted to V. Or, or like, sorry, I say last year because I mean last season. The entire series True Blood takes place over like, two years and of those two years one month and seven months of that is all skipped (laughs) like they're really i have no idea what the time frame is but it is nuts how quickly all of this stuff happens um god i don't i don't i don't know if it would really be a part of me wants to just describe to you like also what happens to the overarching world because as the show is developing like I wanted it to be like here's the big bad of each season right here's the main it here's see I thought that would be such an easy show right is and and each and it kind of seems like it's doing that is like each season it starts to add more things for the first couple of seasons you're like Oh, there's like a were were community. There's like werewolves, and there's shifters who are like shapeshifters, and then there's also uh, vampires, and then there's were like they even introduce something called were panthers, and I think honestly, like when the show really turns, like you're like, oh yeah, okay, cool, and then like the season two villains are mainted, and like the mainted. Oh, did I did I explain what the that Sam Merlot turns into a great white bull and impales the maenad? <laughs> like on a big on a big horn. Like she's and she's she's like, come on, like give it like it's very sexy. It's like an animal sex. This the show is a there is it kind of drops it when everyone starts to get old, but like this show does try to cover absolutely as many sexy, weird fetishes as it can, and one of the is a woman <laughs> being like being being penetrated by a bullhorn and being like this is the best sex i've ever had but like that's how they defeat the main it is essentially the main it can't be killed she has to kill herself because god's like there it's like that rule about like belief like gods live on belief 
so like the maenad feels that she's on a quest and because there is no bacchus she can't fulfill her quest so they trick her into thinking that she's fulfilled her quest by showing her like a big white cow i don't really remember exactly but like she's like oh my god there you are dionysus give me give me that give me that horn sorry and then they, they kill her on the horn and um uh, <clears throat> and then season three starts and I mean, I, you know, it's, so this is a toxic, this, this is a toxic show. I mean, it's toxic because of how graphic the violence is. Let's say, let's say that, right. You know, Eric Northman in season two, there's when Lafayette is, is in that dungeon for half the season. And then he spends the second half of season two, just experiencing PTSD, um, you know, certainly Eric Northman picks up a guy and, like, really eats the shit out of him. Like, he fully eats. There's a lot of weird, weird gore in this ser- in this show. And some some of it I'm like, oh, cool. You know, I like a horror show. I like I like some gore. Um, there's certainly, and this show, I don't, I mean, like, they, oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's that scene where Bill turns that woman's head all the way around while they're having sex. And she's a vampire, so it's fine. And she's like, yes. I, like, we are on the same page with this. This rules, like, what a weird show. And it's, like, there's, there's, like, Eric is about to fuck Russell Edgington's lover. What is his name? Oh, my God. What's his name? It's, like, it's, his, like, it's either, like, Russell Edgington's, like, first lover is either named, like, Fernando or, like, Troutman. You know what I mean? Like, it's. But, like, there's this incredible shot where, like, the the beautiful Swede is, like, standing behind this guy, like, about to penetrate him. And then, like, he's Bugs Bunny. He just, like, raises up, a like, a stake and is like, I'm a stinker. And, and, and penetrates the guy with the, the like, he stabs him with the stake. And, the, I mean, like, I've described what a vampire is like when he explodes. It's just, like, so goofy when a vampire explodes. And they turn into, like, spider webs. Like, they turn into, like, Spider-Man's webbings. God, it's weird. But so, there's a lot of characters on this show, and they're all on different journeys, and I don't really know. Like, certainly Eric is the most fun thing about the show. And and you can kind of feel that, like, he's the... But, like, it's like the writers have this, like, weird, like... Like, they're in some sort of weird sex game with themselves where they just can't let themselves touch... Like, they can't just have Eric. They They're like, no. We're not going to use him. He, oh, he doesn't know. Eric doesn't remember who he is this season. Oh, no, no. You know, like, just give us the goods, man. Give us that Eric Northman. Like, there's, then there's this, there's the season, obviously, where they give him the vampire equivalent of AIDS. At the end, that's the other thing about this show, is that for the first three seasons, where they're like, we're a show where we're going to, like, introduce a whole bunch of magical stuff. And then for the next couple of seasons, they're like, well, maybe we're a show that's about, like, family lineage and bloodlines and, like, fairies. And maybe this show is about, like, fairies and destiny and, like, the world of fairies. And then at the end of it, they're like, no, we're going to do X-Men 2 and then the AIDS crisis, but with vampires. Like, we're going to lean really hard back into our, like, weird, like, this thing that, like, no one has... Because the world, uh, because the uh, the arc of, like, in the first few seasons, the eye of the show is very small. And, well, season three is when it starts to get bigger. Oh, and then that's also when they introduce the werewolves, who suck. Werewolves, I mean, I am not a huge, I'm not a huge werewolf guy. God, is this, is this impossible to even understand this, this, 
there's just so much going on. And Sookie, Sookie is barely on this show. And like, why? It's also so crazy. Like, it'll be like season six of the show. And she's like figured out that she's like a fairy queen. And someone's like, come on now. She's a waitress. Like, she's not a, she's a fairy queen. Whatever. But like, she can, she can still hear everyone's thoughts. Fairies can hear everyone's thoughts. Fairies have delicious blood. Fairies were hunted to extinction nearly by vampires. And, and is Jason also a fairy? I don't even remember that fairy season. I was like really depressed during that fairy season. And I remember fully nothing from it. Um, but like season three introduces Rudgel, excuse me, Russell Edgington, and season three becomes obsessed with like vampire politics, which I think is a disaster for this show. Like when they start blowing out their world, because it just becomes like you're just not, not nothing about this show makes any. I wonder if it makes sense in the books. It's just ah, God. What do we even, so season three of the villain is, let's, let's just say this, season three, the villain is Russell Edgington. Russell Edgington is like a big evil vampire who like, and now we're going to have to talk about like the coming out of the closet thing and like mainstreaming. So like vampires for hundreds of years, they've been eating people. And I guess I want to like, I guess, so for some of this, a lot of, as they develop the show, some of the mainstreaming stuff and some of the eating people stuff, like you know what? No, fuck this. I can't believe how much, I can't, I can't believe how much this show tricks you into, like, vampires are monsters who eat people, all right? Some, some of these people have, like, relationships with these vampires that are, like, consensual feeding relationships where, like, you know, like, when it, it seems in, it seems as though these, like, a lot of vampire-human relationships, I don't know, and this is, like, stuff that they do in only the first couple of seasons, and then they, they drop it, like, about, like, he belongs to me, I don't belong to you, and, like, obviously there's, oh, God, those first few seasons with the, like, Bill and Sookie, the relationship, and then, like, Sookie's, like, sort of almost with Eric, and they take away Eric's memory, and then the vampires can dance in the sun. When a vampire drinks fairy blood, they can dance in the sun. <sighs> But season three is, like, all about, like, uh, so vampires, they, for centuries, they just ate people in the shadows of society, and it was fine, I guess. And then they came out of the coffin. I don't even really know why. There's a bunch of flashbacks in season seven. Season seven is a disaster, but they sort of explain, like, why they're, I don't even really, why? Why? Like, why do they do it? They're just like, we want to come out. We Like, maybe it would be easier. I guess it would just be easier. But so, like, they've invented True Blood and so they're like, we're going to go mainstream. We're going to come out and we're going to say, here's who we are. We want rights. We want to be a part of society. And in exchange, obviously, we're not, we're going to, you know, we're not dangerous. And so there's this like vampire media campaign. What are they? The AVL or something? The Or like the VAL? Like, you know, you see this, uh, this like mostly you see her in TVs, this like uh, spoke, spokeswoman for the spokesperson, excuse me. I'm Jesus Christ become less woke um but like there's like a pro vampire lady there we go pro vampire lady uh, on the news all the time talking about how like vampires deserve rights and how vampires aren't dangerous and you see her season by season and then like it becomes clear in the third season that like a lot of vampires don't really i mean like you, you see this all the time you see this in the way that eric speaks to 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 lafayette when lafayette is imprisoned in the dungeon it is like He's like, you humans are just food for us. Like, you don't, you're nothing. You're, we're up here. You're down there. Um, 
you know, they don't have a lot of empathy for humans. They don't really think they don't, you know, they, this is all, a, this is all a big con. I'm sorry. I, I, I like this. They, and that's the other, this show tries to pull the wool over your eyes because of all the like hate group stuff. But like, no, don't trust vampires. They're they're going to eat you. Like this is all a big con. Like the vampires. And there's, there's all these scenes where the vampires are like, yes, yes, it's all a big con, but we have to do it. Cause I mean this, like, I guess some, I guess when it gets to like Chris Maloney, they're, they're like talking about survival. Like Roman, when like the authority, I don't even Jesus. <laughs> but like, let's talk about. It. So season three is Russ, Russell Edgington. Russell Edgington is like this rockabilly vampire who like doesn't want to mainstream, and he's like, he's like, fuck this, I'm gonna go out there and kill as many human beings as I please. And he, like, goes on the news one day and rips a reporter's spine out. And he gives this speech that's like, you might think that, like, he, he get, it's actually really funny. <laughs> it's a pretty, it's a pretty baller move from Russell Edgington is like, after season after season of watching these, like, I'm sorry, these, like, fucking, no, no, I'm not going to be a dick. But, like, these fucking, yeah, no, no, fuck these Bon Tom, like, these, these, these backwoods hicks. These these losers in Bon Tom, these 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 uh, you know oh these these uh, like bigots oh, oh calling people fang bangers and Jason having this personal discovery where he thinks he hates vampires but then he realizes that he just hated himself and he like it's so funny after all of this like small town vampire. Uh, like, uh, you know, hate, like, bigotry analogy stuff, to have Russell Edgington come on TV and he rips a reporter's spine out and he's like, you may have heard that vampires don't want to eat you. Yeah, we do. We don't care about you. We're going to eat you. We're better than you. We live forever. You're mice to us. Yum, 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 yum. Like, So Russell Edge, like they have to, I don't know, they wrap him up in a bunch of, you know, a bunch of silver. I don't even know why they don't kill him. At the end of that season, they wrap Russell Edgerton up in a bunch of silver and they bury him in some, they're like, like Russell and Bill, sorry, Eric and Bill. Oh my God. And this is, is this when Eric starts speaking a lot of Swedish? Oh, I could watch that guy speak Swedish for, for ages. Um... But like, what is, no one, no one on this show like has like a journey. Like I even, like let's, I can't believe I, I can't believe uh, this is my analogy for this. But like, hang on one second. Uh, Like on a different show, on a show, for example, YouTube ads. Like, if you were watching The West Wing... Oh my god, I totally forgot! Toxic Podcast is your election headquarters for 2020! We got all of the deets! We got the deets on the, on the B-Boys, as I understand they're called. Amy Klobuchar, Kamala Harris! Kamala Harris, excuse me. Cory Booker! Elizabeth Warren? I'll just name them all, why not? I'm sorry for yelling. I'm sorry for raising my voice. Some wings are east, other wings are west. What I'm saying is if this were the West Wing, like the West Wing is a show that 
Aaron Sorkin doesn't sit down at the beginning of the first episode. Like, what Aaron Sorkin, he's, he's not like, I'm Aaron Sorkin, rah, here I am at the beginning of the West Wing, rah. I'm gonna, I, here's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm gonna make it so that the guy and his assistant fall in love by the end of the series, rah. And then also, I'm gonna have, you know, in the sixth season after I get fired for doing cocaine, I'm going to, uh, afterward, my ghost is going to enable, you know, Santos to run like a norms heavy campaign against, uh, against Alan Alda, rah. Um, <clears throat> that's you know the show takes shape because it's written by a by a man who knows what he's doing it's written by a it's written by the the uh the um <laughs> the oswald cobblepot of screenwriting apparently that's my i'm i'm really happy with that aaron Sorkin impression um but but true blood it's just like they go and like they keep the like it's like watching a kid try to ride a bike and he keeps, like, falling down. Like, the show doesn't, like, nothing builds on itself. Nothing grows. It's like, or, like, if you're, it's like, it's just like watching a guy wander around a forest in the dark and you have night vision goggles and you're like, come on, just walk in one direction. And and the guy's walking, like, in one direction and then he turns around and walks in the other direction and you're like, no, 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 you went, you came that way, you came from that, oh, like... You know, wh- why is Alcide in this show? Alcide is unceremoniously... Who murders Alcide? Some kid murders Alcide in season seven, which is fine. Fuck that guy. I can't believe... When Alcide came on the show, people... Like, everyone was like, oh my god, you got to Joe Manganiello. You got to, like, the incredibly hot werewolf. Oh, you thought Eric was the pinnacle of hotness on this show? Strap in for this perpetually shirtless werewolf. Oh, his dad's John Doggett. His dad was a member of the X-Files, you know? terrible it's a terrible storyline that whole all that the the pack the werewolf pack is a nightmare and then and i don't even there's no like there's no clear way to to bring this up but joe biden is getting into the race i'm kidding <laughs> now if i were gonna be the pack master i'll tell you one thing that i would do <laughs> uh i don't even i don't i don't have any You know who I bet supports Joe Biden is Optimus Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime is not your friend. That's all I have to say. But um, so what else? Like, there's there is no comfortable way to talk about this. But like, at one point, Jason gets abducted by Were Panthers, and this is like half a season and nothing comes of it. Like literally nothing comes of this. Jason, oh my God, Jason gets abducted by Panthers, and he, the Panthers don't have like suitable men to breed or whatever. So they strap, like they tie him to a bed and all of the women in this like town of Panther, like sort of like hillbilly. I'm sorry that I keep saying like hicks and hillbillies and stuff, but like, he gets he's he gets like raped by like 30 like were panthers and like it's it's taken like there's there's some stuff in this like there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in this show that it is extremely difficult to watch there's a lot of stuff in this show that is extremely difficult to watch just because it's like gross because it's like oh gross blood or like you know weird it's just weird then there's stuff that's difficult to watch because you're like, oh, like what? Like you're being forced, like what? Like like eggs hitting Terra, like eggs like striking Terra, like 
as hard as he can. That's a very, that's a difficult thing for a viewer to watch, I, I think. Um, and then there's these things. Like, the, the and what I mean is that, like, that second category is the show, and there's, like, are there, like, a lot of... Because I know that Game of Thrones, there's, like, a lot of sort of rapes and, and assaults that are, like, maybe not... That are maybe there to to disgust and to horrify more than, like... And I, I and I don't really know. I, I can't speak to the necessity of a of an assault in the plot. I, like I think I, I don't even. Ugh. But what I mean is the show at this point during the like Jason tied to a bed sequence doesn't really even seem to understand that what it's showing you is difficult to watch. And there's one scene. There's one part of the sh- of that scene that is I don't know if it's played for last, but like an old man, like Jason's like. He's like, I'm so tired. I can't keep doing this. And this old man leans in and goes, breed, ghost daddy, breed. Like they call him ghost daddy. And that's, I mean, I can't, like, is that, am I, like, was I, were we supposed to find that funny? Because like the cosmic horror of that line in that context absolutely made the room in which I was in erupt in laughter. But like, it's just what, I don't know. I mean, maybe that says more about about us as viewers, but like it feels like this is like a such a toxic nightmare show. There like there are parts of this, I don't know. I compare everything to Ionesco, but like there are parts of of this that feel so Ionesco-y because oh, maybe it's because of the metamorphosis stuff because like he's he because of rhinoceros. I don't even want to talk about shifters. But like I don't know. It feels like everything I described to you is like kind of unstuck in time too, right? Like <laughs> Like, what is it? <laughs> How, wh- wh- when does this Jason stack? Because, like, Jason, like, do you, is, is it even worth trying to go, like, here's what happens with Jason? Jason, he goes, t- he's dating Lizzie Kaplan. She's addicted to V. They abduct Stephen Root. It, you know, then he goes to vampire hate camp. Then he sort of learns his lesson. He kind of becomes, like, a cool commando defending the vampires at the end. Season three, like, I don't really remember. Yeah, he gets, he, like, falls in love with that panther, and then he gets abducted by the Panthers, and then, like, but then he, like, starts to take care of their community, sort of, but then, like, where do they go? They kind of just write the Panthers out. The Panthers are, like, that's the other thing, too, is that, like, they start, like, you know, when shifters are become, like, ubiquitous on the show, there's, like, scenes, there's, like, that scene where Sam Merlot and all his shifter friends turn into horses, and the horses like run down the block, but like with the Wear Panthers, they always seem like very hesitant to um, what's what's the make Panthers. Like I don't know if they just like didn't want to have Panthers on set or they like didn't want to CGI the Panthers. But there's like not a lot of Panthers in this show. There's a lot of wolves, wolves like the werewolves on this show. God, what? And that's the thing, is that, here's the thing, is, and I'm sorry for saying that's the thing, here's the thing. Let, let me go back to my whiteboard. My name is Alejandro Collini, I show run True Blood, and I have a whiteboard, and it says cool monsters on it. And there's, there's goblins, there's demons. Why, what, like, why? Here, here's, here's another one. Why, uh, when you're looking at your poster full of cool monsters, maybe this was in the book, but why does the, um war-torn, PTSD-suffering cook, Terry, 
need to get a plot line where he is traumatized by like the horrific like war crimes that he was like you know that he was coerced into participating in 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 his like tours in Iraq um where he like murdered women and children at the you know and, and like and now there's an ifrit after him because he was cursed which there's so that splits like his that storyline splits so many ways that are so offensive and so like just not the you know like maybe i i, I don't know T, tv needs to talk about the effects of of war and and certainly um i i, I mean it's just oh god I, it's just the amount, like, it feels like they had a hat, like, it, it does in the writer's room feel like they had, like, a hat, and the hat was filled with pieces of paper, and it was the, like, shit we probably shouldn't try hat, and they reach in, and they're like, oh, okay, so what if, like, a magical Arab woman who Terry murders puts, like, a genie curse, and I'm sorry, and, like, I'm sorry that I am implicitly, like, I, I'm, I'm, uh, that's, uh, maybe that was gross of me to, um, uh, speak in the voice of the offensive. It, it just like, I, I, watching this show, you don't feel like, oh, this is a very respectful, like, use of Eastern, or, I'm sorry, Middle Eastern, like, spiritual, like, demonic magic. Like, that. you're not like, oh, yeah, no, the Ifrit, this totally works out. Like, I, I, it's just, like, gross. It just... It's stupid. It's like why you've got like, again, look at your whiteboard and use your, use your, like you have all of this. And then in season six, there's the, there's the fairy vampire, the half fairy, half vampire. Are we even going to get there? But so like, (laughs) um, where where was I? Yeah, it's seasons. What is that? Season six, season five, where Terry's fighting the Ifrit. There's like a a, san, a fiery demon murdering his like war buddies, and at the end of it, the resolution is that like he has to kill the commanding officer who like ordered him to commit the horrific crimes. But then like he can't take it, so he like hires someone to kill him, and then his wife Arlene asks one of the vampires to glamour his memories. Oh, you know what glamouring is? So glamoring is when you, it's, you're like a vampire and you look someone in the eyes and you're like, you're like, hey, what's up? I'm, it's like, there's very loose rules, but you can like make people forget stuff sometimes like entire years of their life. You can make them do stuff, but also like at the midpoint of the series, humans invent anti-glamoring contact lenses. So there's like a lot of really well-played comedy scenes at the later end of the series where like Bill will be like, like when Bill's dying of vampire related AIDS, he like Hep V, they call it. He like goes to this woman. Uh, he like goes to this notary to uh, uh, like redo his his will, and she's like, "Oh, you can't you can't redo your will because you're technically dead and your will's illegal in this state." And uh, he leans forward and he's like, "You're going to put me on the front of the line." And you're going to do it for free. And she's like, all right. Oh my God. And then he kills her because he's so mad. Well, I'm watching the season. (laughs) Yeah, I'm watching the season right now where everyone's dying of AIDS, which is, God, it's a night. I I mean, oh God. You know, and I like, like, 
I think I talked a lot more about the like vampire uh, LGBTQ analogy that like that I just think is that I that I really want to be that really isn't my place to make these like to to bang my gavel about but that feels it just that, that these things feel like so morally off and like often just like really not uh, like gross and shitty and um and for much of the middle part of the series a lot of that just kind of gets dropped because the show gets obsessed with like fairies and werewolves and shit and god I thought that would be cool but like all that werewolf stuff sucks all that weird pack I don't even want to talk about Packmaster. <laughs> but like there's a lot like there's a, there's definitely entire seasons of this show where you are forced to contend with interior werewolf politics and like alpha beta stuff and then there's like Sam Merlot and his like his relationship with the like he's dating a woman who's got a baby with a guy who's the head of the pack and so he's got beef with the pack and the daughter is abducted by the vampires and the daughter's like half werewolf half shifter and <sighs> Steve Newland comes back and now he's a vampire and he's like come out of the closet as well and his performance like his performance of having come out of the closet again like I, I just, like, I'm not sure that's a great performance. Like, oh, God. Sarah Newland comes back. Like, it's Russell Edgington comes back, frankly. Like, they, they bury him. At, did I even, like, get to the end of season three? They bury Russell Edgington in cement. They finally, I don't know, they drag him out into the sun. There's all this weird... Like, I'm, try, I'm trying to describe everything, and I know it's impossible. Like, let's move a little bit faster through. Because what, what Russell Edgington does when he rips the spine from a news reporter is he makes the universe of true blood like big picture in a way that it hasn't been uh, henceforth. Um, You know, like up to this point, you kind of hear people talking about the vampire rights act. And then there's like Hoyt and Jessica who like, I don't like, I really, for a variety of reasons, like just simply don't want to fucking talk about Hoyt and Jessica. But like, you, there's also an extent to which I kind of want to because Jessica is one of the better characters on this show. Her character is like, from what I like, there's not a ton that she's like fully central in, but she's just like, oh, she's like an actual character who's like given things to do and, and given feelings and is complicated and like has a perspective and comes from somewhere and goes somewhere over the course of the show. Like, um, certainly I don't, I think there are many ways in which her character is not treated well. There's a lot of like weird guilt the show puts on her, um, and like her relationship with Hoyt. Like, I, like, I, I don't want to talk about it, but, um, uh, certainly, wh- what was I talking about with, with, uh, with Jess and what did I have to talk about? Uh, uh, Jess and, oh, Jess and Hoyt's, like, Hoyt's mom hates vampires and there's, like, a lot of stuff about, like, Hoyt and Jess, like, meet, like, they, you know, they meet the mom and the mom's like, you're a, you're a vampire slut. My son's never gonna va- date a, date a vamp whore like you or something, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for, it's like, I, like, I need to... I, 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 I just am trying to, I, I feel that I was better about not gratuitously saying words like that. Like I could have, I could have just done that once. I don't know. Well, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being too hard on myself. Maybe I'm not being hard enough on, on myself. Maybe I need to go into back 
and put another A on the other side of my chest so that I have one A on this side of my chest and another A on the other side of my chest to remind myself that my ancestors committed great sins and that I myself am a great sinner and that I will never be washed clean of the stain of sin. I got to reread Scarlet Letter, man. Every time the weather gets warm, I want to reread the Scarlet Letter. I read it last year. I think, oh, I definitely read it in, in 2017. Yeah, maybe I read the Scarlet Letter every year. Ha <laughs> ha! Oh, man. God, I'm doing I'm doing so many great bits. At any given time, I'm doing so many hilarious bits. Ugh. What's a, glad, I'm glad you caught me in this great mood. <laughs> uh, but where were we? Season four. So yeah, so Russell Edgington, when he does that, oh no, oh my God, am I going to say this? <laughs> That's, no, I can't, I can't. Russ, I mean, Russell Edgington, he, he changes everything. Let's just say that. He changes everything when he rips that spine the spine out and everything and now we zoom out from the universe oh where Hoyt's mom is being a bigot now we're in like the big picture world where like the vampire rights act doesn't pass and like bigoted anti-vampire politicians start getting like more and more of a foothold in society and they start like passing these like repressive laws and the debate over whether vampires are truly you know, productive members of society or just like death monsters becomes, you know, really skewed anti-humans. And like, uh, certainly season four, there's a lot of werewolf politics, but then in season five, Russell Edgington comes back and suddenly he's like, his second in command is Steve Newland, who's now a vampire. Um, and Russell Edgington like murders the head of the vampire authority and they all like get really high on this vampire goddess blood. Like they've, in the Vampire Authority, which I would assume is, like, the center of all vampire power, like, I would just, I wish that, frankly, you know, you see that, like, Eric Northman is, like, the sheriff of Louisiana, and that, like, Eric, like, I'm sorry, the Russell Edgington is, like, the king of Louisiana, and we see, like, the queen of Louis, like, we see the queen of Alabama at one point, I think, like, in, in a few of these vampire royalty, uh, there's just, like, when they start to get into all the, like, power structures and hierarchies and all this weird stuff, and, like, there's the magister who they murder, but, like, it's, it's just, I wish that we saw some vampires from northern states who are like, I'm the king of Michigan, I'm the king of Washington state, oh, god, can you imagine the king of Washington state? <laughs> I wish, maybe I'll tell some more stories about Oh, my life was so beautiful back there when I when I read War and Peace. <laughs> um, da, 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 da. But um, yeah, so so like you, and this is this is bad bad showdom because it's a bad show. But like you go from all the way the smallest level of like we run a bar like a local bar. I'm the sheriff of Louisiana or whatever. I'm like the sheriff of this district. So like suddenly they're like the most important vampires in America or like maybe even the world. Is it like the world vampire authority? Like the vampire authority, it feels like it's the center of command. And Chris Maloney is like the head of the authority, but like Russell Edgerton basically shows up and seizes control. It's really easy for everyone to seize control on this show. But um, in that season, they all like at the authority, they've got this like vampire blood that's supposed to be like the first vampire and they all like drink it and get really high. And it like tells them that like 
they should just totally go ape shit. And so, like, they murder, like, a frat house full... Like, Russell Edgerton and Steve Newland, like, eat a frat house. And they go, like... Is it Louisiana? Like, they, they like is it Mardi Gras? They go on this sort of, like, almost, like, trip. Like, they all trip out. And Bill, at the end of the season, drinks an entire goddess's worth of blood and sort of... ay ay ay. But in season six... They they lean heavily into X-Men 2 because, like, the reaction to this is society is like, okay, we're going to really oppress vampires. And there's, like, a vampire curfew and vampire, like, they pass laws, all the vampire businesses are shut down, and they do vampire concentration camps. And, like, they create a vampire disease, they create, like, AIDS, and they infect the vampire population with this disease. So then in season seven, like, there's a lot, there's just a lot of, like, clinic scenes and like there's that sticker that says like silence equals true death like they really lean they don't just lean in but they take credit in a way that is oh god what a fucking bad show what a bad show what a toxic so hard to watch like you know when like when i watched when i recorded true blood one i was like i'm so glad this show exists and now i don't know i'm not so sure like i guess i'm glad it exists for all those like noble weirdos who got to jerk off <laughs> like godspeed frankly and like i guess it exists you know what no i'm glad i'm 100 glad it exists <sighs> Yeah, you know what? I'm not I'm just I'm just not the moral arbiter of, of whether it exists. If this show if this show has a net positive effect in like the world, that's good. I, after watching it, I just can't really believe that it does. Like I I I just think it's like a re, like it just contains some of the most insane and toxic moments that I've seen on television. It's such a beautiful distillation of like a weird transition point in television and like Certainly to have watched it at the time in my life that I have, which, like, I'm sure you could have told uh, from the last episode that, like, this has been uh, 2019, a very dark year. Um, (laughs) uh, But, uh, shit, what else? Is there anything else, like, from 2019 that I need to talk to you about? Enterprise, Voyager. God, let's not even talk about Voyager. That's really, that was really the worst... (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I like that doctor character. I like the captain. The captain's... <laughs> the captain on Voyager who's, like, apparently, like, just, like, her her biggest acting... Like, she was like, okay, I'm gonna just do this, like, a weird comedian's impression of Eartha Kitt as Catwoman. Like, she's like, Lieutenant Kim. I, I'm not... I can't do it. I can't... I can't oh, God, I'm such a bad impressionist. Hang on one second. Autobots! Uh, Autobots! No, wait, hang on. Hang on. You you know what? The thing with Optimus Prime is that he really needs to be saying something like totally shit-eating. Impeachment isn't uh, expedient right now. Nope. Autobots, hang on. God damn it. Well, now! (laughs) That's it. Hang on. Uh, Optimus! It would be, I would, I would benefit from your endorsement so much. Well, now, Joe, Joe Biden, I would be honored to give you that endorsement because if there's one thing this country needs, it's moderates. It's a guy. 
It's a guy who apologizes for creeping women out, and then as soon as he's in front of a sympathetic crowd, he makes snarky jokes implying that he finds the entire affair laughable. That's the guy who's gonna fucking... Ah, the West Wing. Some wings are east, hey. But, um... In any case, this is this is your election headquarters. Um, wow, that was the worst character bit. <laughs> was that the worst character bit I've done on Toxic? Let me okay. Autobots, I can't, I can't fucking do it. Auto, welcome to Bon Tom, Louise. <laughs> nope. Um, but so in season seven, Bill and Eric both get um, vampire Hep V. And it makes them, it makes them have these like sort of like sexy nineties rock guitarist chest tattoos. Like they both like, like it feels like a tattoo that like Dave Navarro would have. Like it, um, they have these like lines and the lines grow out along their, along their bodies. Um, and ah, God, I mean, I don't even know. Like season, the first half of season two. Oh my god, that's that's the other amazing this show. This show trying to fucking have it always. We're like, yeah, we're doing the HIV crisis, and we're like, we're talking about how awful this is, and like, we're talking about like a society that like hates its people, and like, um, y- you know, uh, we deserve credit for that. But then at the same time, like the villains of season seven, the first half of season seven, are like a bunch of crazy infected vampires, because like. The vampires who get Hep V, they, like, just, like, roam the country in these gangs, like, indiscriminately murdering small towns. That's And that's kind of what I wanted to get at with, like, um, like the the big picture. Like, you know, in the same way that you, you wonder this about Transformers, you wonder about vampires in the world of True Blood, like, has their effect been... Like, you know, you know what? Oh, you know what? That's actually what I think when I'm watching this show, as I've, as I've been watching the show, I think one of the, 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 the LGBTQ analogy that, that, that I think is, is worth saying, not worth, that's idiotic to say. I just like, when I make these comments, like, oh, the analogy is insane. These people are like, these are like death demons. These are monsters. Like, I think one of the major points that the show is making and, and and is like genuinely making in a in a real way is that like you know there there are people that a society may not want in it and that doesn't make them not there um certainly in this case <laughs> we're talking about like werewolves and vampires and stuff but like there is effectively like i, I, I you know in season 6 and, se- and in season 7 i think that like really comes through is that like you know, like it doesn't matter. Like you're, you're more like you can't make people not there. People exist. They're there. Um, but so that, yeah. So that like that, that I think is, is effective and is, and is, and is certainly worth mentioning, uh, and when we talk about this show. Um, but, but, but again, as I was saying, the, the, the H vamps, like are these like crazy infected vampires who like roam the country oh 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 sorry i have to finish that thought is like the society has torn itself apart society has destroyed itself over its like obsession with vampires in the world of true blood like everyone's lives are worse and what i was going to say just then was like it makes you wonder like 
maybe vampires shouldn't be like maybe the maybe the impact of vampires on society was bad but like fuck that no they're there like that's that that i think is the point of the show is like they're there you and you don't unmake them like the the negative impacts on society like i i i feel maybe are are mostly ah, i mean russell edgington ripped a guy's spine out on tv and was like we're gonna eat all you bitches. Like, I'm sorry. That's... <laughs> it's a weird show, you guys. It is a weird show. But um, it is absurd that while doing the AIDS crisis, they're also doing the, like, crazy vampires who have AIDS, who are monsters. Like, there's no empathy for these, like, packs of evil vampires. They've been... Like, they're kind of, like, below the level of humans now. They're, like, animal vampires. You know, they can't control themselves. But, like, in season seven, they kill off all the evil vampires, and then they discover that Sarah Newland, like, drank the antidote to, like, Sarah Newland and the government invented Hep V, and they infected the vampires with it, and now her blood is the antidote. And so, what I've been watching over the last few episodes is, like, the same company that made True Blood is making New Blood. It's going to be... Uh, an antidote for Hep V, but it's not like a total antidote because even though they could cure Hep V, they want customers. Like, you know, they're doing like the fundamentally evil thing of like, you know, a, a, a cure doesn't create regulars. And so the development of, of new blood is occurring, uh, this like treatment for the infected vampires and like Bill and Eric, I think Eric is now immune for like, he has become cured, but Bill is refusing to drink the cure. Bill like just wants to die. So Tara is dead and her mother, oh, her mother has spent this whole season that they like replace like the time that they, I guess might have spent on Tara's character with her mother, who is, as we remember an alcoholic and they do one of the most sickening addiction plot lines ever. I hate, uh, you know, another, this show tries to do everything all at once. And it, and it, one of the things that it does is addiction and it does addiction bad. It's awful. Like when the cop gets addicted to V it's awful. The, the, uh, Letty May, the, the just the the way that you were encouraged to feel about her the 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 humiliations that she is forced to endure as like an addict i it really fucking sucks um but at the end of the show um Tara is dead uh Letty May and Lafayette are like trying to uncover like the mystery of what she's trying to tell them and Suki what is Suki doing like Suki i guess Sam Merlot, like, got in a car and left. Sam Merlot left. He's gone. But Bill's gonna die from Hep V. And Eric, I guess... I don't really remember... what What is going on with Eric? So what I'd like to do right now is just sort of tell you what I think is gonna happen in the last episode of True Blood. So, um, without further ado, here's here's what I think is going to happen in the, in, in, in the final episode of True Blood. So... Uh, a bunch of people uh, are going to be recorded all over the town uh, as having sort of hallucinogenic episodes in which they are attacked by like the same sort of scary, dark, uh, uh, angular monster. But when they uh, sort of come out of their haze and are given their uh, intake interviews with the behavioral analysis unit, it uh, turns out that they've all been dosed with some sort of... Uh, 
some sort of chemical. And as as the you know as Thomas Gibson and Matthew Gray Goobler, as Emily uh, uh, Paget Brewster and uh, A.J. Cook and 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 Shamar Moore, as they all get down to doing their work. Um, getting to the bottom of this criminal and in his mind, they realized that during the satanic panic, um, a guy whose uh, father ran an orphanage and was mistakenly accused of Satanism, he is, I'm sorry, is this bit landing? I'm describing an episode of Criminal Minds called Mr. Scratch. So um, yeah, hey, great, great work, everyone. Great work listening to me. Uh, anything to plug? Well, May 19th, Jesus Christ. So May 19th is the day of the last episode of Game of Thrones, and it's also the day of Ryland and my next show. Um, we obviously, we host Somebody Please Take X. Um, we are, tonight, I mean, tonight is my show. I'm not releasing this episode until a couple of days. Uh, but tonight is our show where hopefully we're giving away our mannequin leg. We'll see. Um, but the next show is May 19th. We're going to have... I don't know, because it's The Last Game of Thrones. That's what I'm getting at, is our next show, we're double booked with The Last Game of Thrones, and who knows how that's going to go. But in any case, our show will be better than The Last Game of Thrones. You can hold me to that. I'll dress up like a dragon. Um, Yeah, in any case, uh, I don't know, keep watching the stars, Autobots, uh, Rollout, um, The West Wing, The West Wing, The West Wing. Um, great.